0: facilities have to facil- facilitate yeah. so um so that's the part of it is you just have to know your vision the, the big picture and if you have a 510 the big the big what the big picture oh
1: <laughs> <laughs> jeremy just went to the uh dentist and he's still a little right. uh,
0: numb my p's are about yeah 50 right now okay okay what's up boss
1: this is abraham's wallet We span the gap between the austerity of obedience to God and the prosperity rising from faithfulness. Run your home and your dough like a biblical boss. For many of our listeners, Jeremy Pryor, who is today's guest, is a known quantity. You might have come to Abraham's Wallet through... Jeremy Pryor and his uh, one of his projects, which is family teams. So he he writes and speaks and coaches folks um, about how to run their families. Well, they they, he's in a very similar space to what we are in in Abraham's wallet. We consider him an ally and a friend. He's a guy I have known here in Cincinnati for many years. And right now I'm on the way to his uh, home. You might hear my uh, Holland mother as uh, I'm on the way to his house. And today we're gonna do something um, I think very interesting, which is we're just gonna walk around his house. And I'm going to have uh, Jeremy describe for us why he has made the decisions he's made in the construction of his house, the physical space of his house. Um, We know that God cares about physical space and maybe Jeremy will be talking about that some with us um and we're going to see that jeremy is an unusual cat if you didn't know that about jeremy Pryor already you should know he is an unusual cat and um i don't think anybody's ever had to encourage him to think outside of the box maybe when he was 15 Uh, no more is that the case So he is, um, just to give you a little grid on him, he's a serial entrepreneur. As I said, he kind of runs his own thing right now. This is not his first business that, uh, he does right now with a guy named, uh, Jefferson Bethke. Um, and he kind of sees all of life as an entrepreneur. He, he tinkered with the whole design, um, of, uh how families work and he wrote a great book which i strongly encourage you to read which is called family revision family revision and it questions the way we see family do we see family from an ancient model that god gives us in the scripture or do we see it from a modern american standpoint it's a it's an excellent read that will provoke and encourage you um anyways he my point is that he looks at everything as something that could be tinkered with and rebuilt and that is exactly what he's done with his home so here we go i know you're going to enjoy it here comes uh matter of fact i'll just uh, walk up to jeremy's door and that'll be our introduction you'll hear me knocking on his door okay here we go All right, I'm walking up to his front porch here. There he is, right inside.
0: Hey, Steven, coming in. Hey. No, no, no. We're dogs. I got a
1: half-blind dog here so in front is, like, of me. He's 16
0: years old. Okay. Hey, man. Hey, I'm okay. Look at my eyes.
1: Huh? All right, let's go out to the street. Sweet. We can leave this dog here this scared dog who's just trying to taste my ankle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No,
0: no, nobody.
1: No <laughs> okay, first of all, Jeremy, talk to me. Can you tell can you tell me some big 30,000 foot view belief that you have about physical space and property?
0: Well, I think that facilities have to facil- facilitate. Yeah. So, um so that's the, part of it is you just have to know your vision, the, the big picture, and if you have a five, ten... The big, the big what? The big picture. Oh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jeremy just went to the uh, dentist and he's still that's a little right. uh,
0: numb. My P's are about, yeah, 50% right now. Okay,
1: okay. You have to, so that's very interesting. You have to have a vision. Yeah. And so before we get into the uh, details of your property here, wh- what what's your vision?
0: to uh, build a missions base that will facilitate uh, like the hub of a community um, all of our families different visions or missions that can be done through the house Um, and then also it's really a it's also a refuge so this is a place of protection for my parents for you know for those who are um, helpless like probably one of the first visions I had was from uh, Tolkien's Rivendell okay so you know Tolkien, basically, um, in crafting the story of Rivendell, which is this house that's right on the edge of the kind of the wild areas, um, he he talks about how this is a place of like peace, of dancing, of singing, of of uh, of telling tales, of getting advice, of launching mission, and then he he ends up by saying no evil thing comes into that valley. Mm and so it's this it's this really peaceful place where you can just experience you know all the goodness of the this father elrond and what he's created and so uh you know that's what tolkien did was craft archetypes so it's like he we have one of the greatest sort of um sort of imaginations of the 20th century crafting what he thought was the greatest house that he could possibly imagine and so it's in the hobbit it's in the lord of the rings he weaves it in to both of his major books. Um, Interesting. So, that, that definitely captured me because you have to have a, a picture. You have to like increase the resolution of what this vision is. Yes. And so, I Rivendell, um, you know, is is for me, like it's it's beyond you know, thirty thousand foot. It's like otherworldly. Right. You're not going to reproduce that. Yeah. But um, but you can look at elements like and especially the 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 idea of of peace and launching into mission. Um, Being on the edge of the action, but being the first place people go before they get launched out, and the last, the first place they re-enter when they come back to to a place of peace. That's probably you know at the highest level what I think about a house. That's
1: great. I knew that uh, Tolkien was going to come into the conversation <laughs> at some point because I was going to make fun of him while we were in your front room but <laughs> but here he has invaded right on the right in the beginning of our conversation well we're in your driveway right now let's walk on down to the street and let me just ask you why did you choose to live on this street
0: yeah well or this village or anything yeah well the location is very central to our relationships okay so uh, we we have close friendships with two or three families on this street. Some go back 20 plus years, um, but also we're about 10 minutes from downtown Cincinnati. Uh, we're kind of in the heart of uh, between Northern Kentucky and and um, kind of South uh, East Ohio, and so that's where we found most of our relationships were were centering. So we wanted to be we had to decide if we wanted to be a retreat kind of area or kind yes. of in the hub. Um, and because I hate the impact the car has had on, um, on community, that's just like a, a longstanding beef I have Mm -hmm. with a feud. Yes. Um, so I, I wanted to live in a town that was built before the automobile, like that was, um, because they built, there, there are several things that they did back then that they no longer do. One is, one is if you look on the street, you'll find literally across the street, that's a duplex. It's a one-bedroom apartment yep. above a two-bedroom. Um, yep. Like A house like that, you're never going to find even near like the, uh, uh, a one-bedroom apartment. Um, right. So why, Like, what does that do to community? It, I, to me, that's, a, that's something I want. I want to be in this mixed socioeconomic area primarily for the purpose of discipleship because you tend to disciple people that are 10 years behind you. Yeah, but you usually buy a house that sort of, you know, represents the fullness of your current vision. True. So how could you be in proximity with those that you would most most be uh, wanting to disciple? That's a great question. So like right across the street here, Lydon lives here. He and I have a really strong discipling relationship, um, and um, you know he moved in <laughs> as that got. He stronger. overpays for rent specifically to be <laughs> that's near right. you. Yeah, here he comes right now with his daughter uh, Iris. Oh know. my
1: goodness. Yeah, here here comes Leiden.
0: And you can see his his incredible landscaping job yeah. that he does. So this
1: is uh this is a really this
0: is, this is what happens when you live in proximity. That's right. You're a, you're getting recorded. Yes, yeah, yeah
1: and, right. and you are too. <laughs> hey Leiden. Say, to the recorder. Say hi. Say hi. so we're seeing we're 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 seeing uh jeremy's vision uh played out right now which i was asking him why did he choose to live on this street and he said well because the people i want to influence might be of an age and stage of life where they might want to live in this kind of place instead of this big old house here we are yeah (laughs) you told me to come out exactly 452 so here i
0: am (laughs) you're a great case study
1: good good job illustrating a point that's right Good seeing y'all. We're off. Okay, <laughs> see you later. Um, okay, so yeah, and, and you, you did the, the retreat center thing.
0: Yes, yeah, we, we lived in the country for a number of years. We had six acres that was boarded um, by about 100 other acres. It was great. Our kids were at a stage in life. They are pretty young and, and needing, I, th- I think that was a good, Experience for them. We actually went back and forth between the city and the country. So we owned that house for about 11 years, but but half that time we were living in here in Port Thomas in different houses, smaller okay. houses, not this one. Um, so, but you know, one of the my biggest struggles in buying a house and building a house is to know which property is our finish line. And and I used to think every house we had was our finish line. Sure. Because I wanted I wanted my vision to be fully inhabiting whatever, I didn't want to think, oh, five years from now, maybe. Yeah. That's not, uh, that's, you know, kind of a kill, bus kill, I guess. Yes. So, um, so we over-invested in a lot of houses um, and in that period, um, they all served our family well, but definitely this has, uh, this has definitely, you know, been that finish line. Now we've been here 10 years and we're very rooted at this point. But yeah, that, that was part of just trying to understand like what is actually, the best the best facility for our callings and um yeah for us uh the and part of it is i'm introverted um and so there's a danger i think in me being a hermit out in the middle of a field somewhere um as much as that would be fun um i really i really need people to kind of pull me out of my uh my hermitage so being in the in the hub is actually pretty healthy i think for my personality
1: okay So uh, when you got this place, what what was this place like? And I'm going to go out on a limb and say you did not envision what you see today when you bought the place. That's
0: right. Yeah, it was actually a foreclosure. It was vandalized. There was graffiti (laughs) on it. There was broken glass. Um, And so... Here's Leiden pulling out of his (laughs) drive. Yeah, so we... um, It was a duplex. And so our thought was we could have a family we're discipling live on one side of the house... And our family would live on the other. That's at the time, we had our property out in, in the country. So I thought, well, um, we called this at that time kind of the, the, the launch pad. So I got so sick and tired of driving 40 minutes every time I wanted to go into the city. So I'm like, let's buy a house, let's have let's buy a duplex. Half of it will be paid by another family, or most of it, you know, through them renting. Then we could always have a place we could stay um, when we're needing to be closer to the city. Now, part of what was happening at that time was my kids are getting older, and um you know Tim Keller has this sort of rule he said he calls it the back nine and the front nine that kind of influenced me He's like in the front nine the first nine years of your of a child's life um their their kind of hub is the house they're they're in the house a lot in the in the back nine the 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 ages nine to eighteen that they they are primarily like you know needing else. yeah they need to have access to friendships to tutors to things that are you know they need to they need to live basically in the city is kind of his point it's like the move from the country to the city that's kind of how he saw that. that 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 helped me out a lot because i saw that happen with my kids as well like if you want your kids to be involved in um you know a lot of a lot of other people's lives who could be honing their skills discipling them influencing them in good ways then then it made a lot more sense as they were getting older our family was getting older um to start to live in a place where our kids could have that kind of access to other people
1: okay so here we stand uh, here we stand right at the front of the property and I see a four-tiered garden yes in front of your house which is on a is on a slope and every other house on the street they just have the slope of a lawn up to the house but you have this yes garden (laughs) which is in various is always in various stages of care and disrepair that's right some places will look here's a place right at the front the lovely flowers that's right and somebody's taking care of this box and there's a little mulch there and then right beside it we can see just tons of weeds because this is a lot of (laughs) square footage it's
0: tons it never it's never completely done
1: so what what's this about
0: well uh, yeah so two things so these terraces um when i was uh, you know we we spent a lot of time in israel and when you drive from tel aviv to jerusalem and you look at um, the mountains as you're going up up to Jerusalem, you'll see almost all terracing and basically Israel was a like like rocks, you know, like just barren rocks, yeah. no soil, nothing huh. and when the Jews came back to israel how do you how do you recover a rock like hills that are nothing but rocks? Well, it's very difficult, but you have to build terraces and then you have to plant inside the terraces. And that holds the soil, right. so that um, so that what the the that rock becomes like a hill that is full of trees and forests and wildlife and everything else like that. So, um, and so that's how the areas around Jerusalem uh, became got reclaimed. And so that's always been a big part of my imagination is the idea that if you're if you're staring at a slope. And you can't use it for anything, which is what was happening in this front yard. No, nobody ever hung out out here. It was useless land. Um, To me, it's like it just it screams build a terrace here. (laughs) So so that that was um, that's what I you know, that's what we began to try to envision is like, okay, I want I want to do that similar terracing that they do in Israel um, so that we can recapture all of this space and I love to garden. It's, it's a big part of my life spiritually is that uh, you can look at my garden at any point and tell the state of my soul. So just <laughs> like you were describing here, there, there are areas that are unkempt that I'm working on. Yes. <laughs> you know, someday maybe it'll be like glorious beauty. I don't know when Jesus remakes me. But uh-huh. um, but yeah, I, I do like me and April do. We call it twilight gardening. So every night, about 20 minutes before uh, the sun totally sets, you can't see anything out here. We garden out here, Um, so that's our rhythm, Um, and so it's a it's it's a huge part of like just a hobby and something we enjoy creating that beauty, you know, making producing food, um, and and living at a pace of life that allows for that. Like those are all values that for us are a big deal. Uh, But part of part of what you see here and and what I've done and this is something I love for dads to do is when you buy a property, I really think it's fun to. Do what I think I call a perimeter walking. So you just uh-huh. walk around your house, and you you ask the Lord, like, how do I steward this? That's a like, great question. How do I steward this space? What about these? So I've asked that about literally every square inch yes. of this property, um, and and part of this came from when I lived in the country. I felt like I did not have the resources personally. I'm not great at stewarding land, and so I didn't feel like I knew how to steward right. all of that land. Um, so this little postage stamp. Um, we, I was like okay I think I think with our resources and with my limited skills I could steward this much land yep. um and so I did, I kind of let myself go and just say, okay I'm going to try to steward every square inch That's great. of this land and so you you can ask about what hi. the vision is Hey Sid how you doing <laughs> Yeah hi Steve hi hi, hi. my daughter Sydney She's just a daughter coming home so yeah from what my, what are you coming home from from
1: the shop oh she's in the yeah. sewing shop all of my corner.
0: girls so on wednesday evening um all of my girls in april all work at our sewing studio that's right at the top of the street this is another reason why we picked this town is that we wanted a walking town yes. which again something that was built before the automobile so that you have yep. retail space because we want to get to know our neighbors we want yep. to serve the community so we own a building at the top of our street that's a uh, five yep. unit it's got two commercial bays uh coffee shop and our, our sewing studio and then three residential um um, uh, units in it so That's yeah great. but yeah so this is this was the vision was okay i know i want a garden it's actually really challenging to find fort thomas is full of trees and so where are you going to find enough sunlight to actually build a garden and we couldn't have done it really in the backyard very well it was just mostly shade yeah um the way our house is situated so this is perfect but it required a the, lot of attention the, the, what my neighbor is affectionately call the tajma wall <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yes, it does stand out. It does stand out.
0: <laughs> basically the only reason I could build something like this is because no one has ever thought to make this uh illegal in the zoning code because yep. no one's ever thought to do anything like this. Yep, so, yep, yep, yep. But if um but I they probably would if if it if it was done by if they were other actually people. asked. Yeah.
1: Okay, so that gets us uh, up into the lawn. So the only the only thing that's um more uh, obvious from the street than the Taj Mahal <laughs> is this gargantuan uh, front porch that you've built here which I know was also not here when you got here yes <clears throat> so just to describe it to our listeners there is a full-sized uh, dining table here that will seat uh, ten there's a uh, two port swings one is like a full-sized bed swing and then there's um, living room furniture that we'll seat another, say six, and that's where we will sit. While you yeah. tell us, uh, what was the idea here?
0: Yeah. Well, and this is this is one of those cultural questions. We we we've, we've gone from being a front porch culture to a back deck culture, um, yeah. and that's something that happened, um, you know, th- as that the automobile kind of took over. And so this is this is sort of our homage to the front porch culture um of a of, of bygone era. yeah sitting on the front stoop and yes. commenting
1: as people came home right. from work whatever
0: and if you look i mean all of our neighbors almost all of them have front porches um and so again i mean this house was built in the 1890s so when we first bought this house it had two tiny porches because it's a duplex um both could maybe seat two people you know um and yeah we we were like okay a part of what we want to do and when you're inviting people to your house and you're trying to do, trying to build relationships with people, whether they be discipleship relationships or people that are not yet believers. Um, it's intimidating to go into a house, you mm. know, and or yeah. neighbors, you know. There's something like, okay, once I go into your house, you know, if you, if I think you guys might be weird, and we're a little weird, yeah. Um, there's, I'm in your domain <laughs> now, right? It, it, it's intimidating, and so um, this is kind of like what they call like kind of green space or that space that's in between. Um, to two areas it's it 's sort of public private space yeah um so that 's what we wanted we we host and we max out this porch probably about three or four times a week um, with different activities and then we eat out here and live out here you know pretty much all summer you know when it, the weather is nice you know it's it 's actually we got screens, and so when the sun 's coming down we can you can, we can be out here pretty comfortably when uh, it 's you know ninety five degrees oh, wow uh, with these fans, these big ass fans that they're amazing, um, by the way. Big plug to that company um, in Lexington that made these fans. So, uh-huh. it, so it gets you could really cool it down out here and be pleasant. Um, and then we uh, we host lots of meals, lots of various Bible studies out here. We're doing a story for life out here right now. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, it, anytime we want people to really feel comfortable that are kind of getting to know us, we do an open supper every Thursday night, um, and it's always out here.
1: That's smart. Yeah, I was going to say, give me two examples of a weekly event that would happen in this space. So one would be the Thursday
0: night open meal. Yeah. Um, and who do you invite to that? Um, we, we So in our community, the culture is um, everyone is praying for who to invite every week. Mm. And so that could be somebody who just needs encouragement. It could okay. be somebody who's not yet a believer, somebody who's kind of moving closer to our community, somebody... Um, yeah uh, and so all of, our, all of our kids they invite people so it's always a mystery as to who's going to show up and it's always an incredible blessing with, to see who shows up because you kind of get to see how the Holy Spirit is, is orchestrating our relationships um, yeah. and not, not just our family but like the Faust across the street who come yeah. to open supper and other families that join us every week.
1: Peter Lord once said uh, the greatest two tools of ministry are a pen and paper which would be now your computer for writing emails and a dining table. Yes. And so, um, I think it's great that you have strategically created this space. Again, I, I I want people to understand you didn't just happen upon a house that you go, this checks all the boxes for what we (laughs) want to do. Right. You had a vision and you go, we can work with this. And, um, this this porch has existed only since since I've known you Mm -hmm. it wasn't here before I remember the first time I came to this house uh, was because there was a petting zoo in the front yard for a coat yes yes and that was on the slope that's right (laughs) that was the best use of the slope we could (laughs) (laughs) to put a petting zoo okay so let's keep moving around this is this is uh, one of the newest spaces here on the side in the house, um, which, by the way, um, my our listeners know this, and you don't. Um, well, I told you that I told you that uh, I, I took a, a family around Cincinnati on a little tour. Oh yeah. But you were on the tour. Oh yeah. And we walked all over your property. Nice. And uh, I was trying to explain to them some of the things that we're talking about right now, which is that vision has driven the construction and the use of this space. So what we're looking at now is that, you know, the little side yard between your house and the house next door, um, the priors is a little bit wider than yours. There's probably uh, 20 to 25 yards between them and the next door neighbor's um, driveway, but this would be dead space for most people. Uh, not for Jeremy what he's done is built uh, looks like about a seven-foot uh, fence all the way from from the side of the house down to the back of the property now what are you doing here
0: so this is gonna be kid central so like anytime you're you're inviting somebody over to your house and like I said we mostly uh, we mostly work with young families so um, and and so what we want to create here is a super safe uh, place for the kids to play while we're talking to their parents. Um, and so, and it's to, connected to this front porch that right. we were just on. It's, it's distant enough that, that there's you know, not all the noise is bleeding into the front, front. but um, there's going to be actually um, two weeks You'll there will be a playground here because it's very recently built Okay. and a zip line that goes all the way down to the oh, backyard. Wow. And then that's, that trampoline is going to go right there, and okay. then we're going to landscape it. So there will be a seating area here for moms and dads who want to watch their kids play. Um, but, yeah, this a little playground. basically right. Like there when I think about the spaces that you need to have to think about, there's five that I I'm always like. Oh, in terms here, of here like we go. Building here, community. Get out
1: your notebooks, everybody. <laughs> so Here's you, the five spaces. You want an
0: outdoor space um, for, for gathering. You want like an indoor gathering space. You want a kid's play area for yeah, the outdoor space. Um, you want a uh, kid's childcare area inside for when you have meetings and stuff and then, then the location of the house itself. Those are the five things that, when you're building a community, um, and so we had, when we bought this house, it had none, only one of those five check boxes, which was, it was a great location. We had none of the other four. Like, right. we didn't have a great place for gathering. Uh, the biggest room in this house fit about 10 people. Right. Um, and you know, we didn't have an outdoor space and the kids' area. So, this represents now the fifth or in the final, oh wow, kind of uh, part of the puzzle that allows us to like, there's no, there's nothing that we're trying to facilitate, no kind of group thing that's reasonable for a house. Um, that I, I think that we're, we're lacking kind of a basic component of that, um, of that picture. So, this is this kind of outdoor kid play area is kind of the final
1: fascinating so what what i'm seeing inside this wall is there is the trampoline that jeremy described there's also just a lot of like landscaping equipment there's loose like flagstones all stacked up and there's a couple of wheelbarrows and there's some straw and there's some grass seed and there's some dirt and it looks like something's about to be done here so pretty neat all right aren't you all glad that i had this idea to walk around Jeremy's house. I hope you're both uh, learning practical stuff and being uh, inspired to dream about your space because as we now go inside uh, Jeremy's house, here comes Yappy Dog again. (laughs) Um, We come into this front room which is now more like a really intimate space for your family but as the the people that designed this house would have thought oh. of this, yeah, we see you. Uh, we would have would have thought of this as the living room, which, uh, as you said, uh, would fit if ten people were in here, it would be a tight squeeze. And this is where um, people could see, you know, your nerddom really going <laughs> all over because uh, this is where a uh, little uh, here's the book Aragon there, and there's this would be. I don't see the model of, uh, there, here's, here's, a, here's a Rivendell model right here in the room. And uh, so tell me what, how you used this room back in the day and what, it, what, what it's for now.
0: Yeah, I think this would be like the, the parlor in the 1800s when this was built. Um, and it's, it's kind of morphed. It was our living room until we built the gathering room. And now we call it the talking room because it's so private and intimate, yeah. like you said. It's kind of like a library as well. A buddy of mine built these bookcases, um, so I like to display books that I'm trying to get my friends to read. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I, and I really am into kind of the library style display of books where it's it's spaced out so that people yes. can explore. Um, yeah, and look at covers good. and that kind of stuff but yeah it's so this is where when we need to like have a conversation me and April with one private of our kids ministry appointment yeah or... discipleship I do prayer time um, I use this as an office if I need to have a meeting yeah so it's and it's got a very thick pocket door so it's, okay. it's, it can be really um, made very private um, and then we also have this is also kind of a public space for our kids to have the computer okay you know we're really big into trying to keep the electronics out of the bedrooms and you into the public spaces and so we uh, put the nicest computer right there and so our kids um, homework is all done there.
1: Great all right as we walk back to to uh, another uh, huge rehab project that you did anything you want to tell us about these space here's here's your dining room.
0: Yeah so this dining room and fortunately it kind of bleeds into the foyer so we can seat about 20 people in the dining room Um, and so our Shabbat dinners tend to have about 15 sixteen people uh, on the average on Friday night um, and so during you know we go outside during the the nice months of the year but this is primarily where we do our Sabbath dinners great okay
1: and now as we as we get towards the back of the house suddenly the flooring changes and there's a doorway we walk through and now we're uh, suddenly in a different century because we just went from creaky floors and small rooms uh, that they would have built in. What did you say? What was it? 1890s, 1890s into this looks really modern. And now we've got granite countertops and there's a, this whole kitchen area has been redone and the kitchen blasts open the back of it uh, where the house used to stop. It now blasts into a gigantic living room with high ceilings and everything feels very modern. So, when you redid this, I'd love to know dollar figures for all of these, but I won't ask. Tell me, um, what were you thinking when you remade the kitchen and, and built this addition onto the back?
0: Yeah, well, I think my favorite trend in modern architecture for houses is the open concept kitchen and living space. I think that that was an amazing idea, you know, that I'm so glad it took off because it, it's make, it makes accessible... The experience of, of cooking a meal together, kind of tasting yeah. the meal together, kind of having that opportunity just to, to have people bleed into that space in and out of the kitchen, um, making the kitchen kind of uh, grand central to the house and so yes. I, I love that idea it also it provides opportunity for the family to work together, to cook together, to clean together, you know instead of it being off in a corner like it used to be, or to, it, literally this house, the kitchen was the back sort of the back closet of the house when, yeah. when it was first built. Um, and so that, that that's part of it is, is, and part of the size here is, like I said, the meals we cook, it is, it, there's a challenge when you go from like a very typical size kitchen to something like go all the way to industrial. And we decided to split the difference instead of making an industrial kitchen, which might make sense with the, the size of meals we cook. Um, we decided to, make basically two residential kitchens and so we've got two ovens and we're always using both two stovetops two dishwashers and so like for example on a sabbath night um all the kids clean up and so they blast music in the sound system we have in this room and then they 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 took over both sinks both dishwashers can knock it out in like 15 minutes um so we're not intimidated to have large groups here and use real plates and things like that because this is really facilitated The cleanup as well
1: yeah the book bohos in paradise which i don't expect you Mm -hmm, to have read but it's a sociological study and talks about how at one point the kitchen was something that was pushed out of sight it was behind closed doors it was something we don't want to see and then we want to see the products of the kitchen come out into the presentation space and what's happened happened sociologically is that we we want to get back there with, yes. with our friends. We want to get behind the closed doors. And so the knocking out of that wall between the kitchen and the living space, obviously it invite, as you said, if the front porch is the safe space where we don't have to get too involved, if I'm involved in your kitchen, I'm right up yes. in your life. Right. I'm a part of things. Yes, I love that. So uh, here we are um, in this kitchen that then blasts open into this um, living space which the uh, original designers of this house could never have imagined and tell me everything that why did you you can tell me the things that happened in the room but I'm more interested in the vision why did you make this room this way
0: well yeah so it's 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 amazing how um when you hesitate to invite people because you don't know enough space like I constantly had that problem with without this room And, you know, we have 11 people living in this house. And so, you know, you add just double that and most rooms will fill up with, you know, 20 people or something. So so I I wanted one where I I really don't have to think about who how many we're inviting. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there is a limit. um, But 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 from just a housing perspective, this is a real um, yeah, this is a very easy space to, to manage with large groups. And so. Um, and we designed it for like overflow, and so we could. We're we're not getting to that place. A, a big part of it too is if you're doing any kind of house church stuff, um, a big problem you're going to run into is is how big you have to get before you can break into two. And I, I think that size is oftentimes like 30 or 40 people, uh, because you're talking about a, a well trained other family that's ready to ready to rock, and you know people that can create a critical mass for their group. Yeah. And so, man, I mean, there's not a lot of places that are designed to fit 40 people. And and then we've got crazy amounts of kids, you know, I mean, our family, we're the kind of the small family in, in, uh, in our family, (laughs) you know, my sister has more kids and my April's older sister has nine kids and (laughs) Denver, her brother was just here with his six kids yesterday. Um, so, so, so that's the other side of it is just to, just to host a family event. We needed a room this big, Uh even for our family today, let alone whatever's going to happen when our kids start having kids. Um, So, so those are the two reasons we wanted to facilitate the ministry stuff, but also um, we wanted we didn't want to start to create an environment where the family had to split um, in order for us to facilitate uh, get-togethers.
1: I see. So in this room, there you've got a fireplace. Above the fireplace is a big screen TV. There's a there's a sectional couch. There's another full size couch. There's four armchairs. There is what is traditionally thought of as a dining room table in here that that will seat six around it, which looks like there's artwork and games happening, and then there's uh, bench seats that go around uh, windows, which if you were sitting people uh, hip to hip would put another dozen or twenty people right.
0: in here. So. Um, and that's a game changer. I mean, like when people aren't used to coming to an event, they love to kind of sit in the corner yes. and not be noticed. Now in houses, people don't think that can happen in this room. It can. And we want that. We want people to be able to sit on this bench seat, tuck and kind away safe, Yeah. Just kind of watch what, what's going on and, and get, get comfortable. Um, Again, it, like the point of a house is to help people get get comfortable, so they come out of their shell, and so that you can get to know them. But that that takes their steps to that, and so this is, I, I've been surprised by how how important this this bench seat has been in the corner here.
1: I see a uh, Jim Bay, I see a guitar, and I see a piano yeah. over there in the corner. So tell me a couple of events that have, that might happen regularly or, or irregularly in this room, and when they happen, you go, this is why we built this room.
0: Yeah well we worship and and uh so, some of its events just like you know we do a gathering on sunday night and that that in- includes you know worship time and and you know you can whoever is, who, know, who knows how to play these instruments can grab these but there's also a sound system you know that's really easy to tap into and so people can play on mean youtube or whatever they want to do with spotify if they want to blast a song and mm-hmm. really for us to experience that as well so you got both of those experiences it's also really good for spontaneous um Music, Like I, I love it. This happened just a couple of days ago. My, my niece was over. She's a great pianist and she just sat there while I cooked for an hour and just played the most gorgeous music from that piano. Mm-hmm. So I just love the idea that you want to have instruments of various kinds, just very accessible. And then you just want to see what happens yeah. like in the room. Like there's nothing better than a spontaneous worship. You know, like you we weren't even planning it. Right. And now we're worshiping. I love that experience um, you know, dance party, whatever. Like, so you just want to let, you want to create that, that possibility for that stuff to happen. And then, then you used to sit back and, and let people take over and do their thing.
1: What's another event in this room that you go, this is why we made it.
0: Um, anytime we're doing like a training where, um, I don't feel like I have to go rent, you know, like we've got, that TV was really designed more for like PowerPoint presentations, right. so not so much for watching. But we do we do do a media night um, where we get to watch things. But yeah, it's like this is very easy for us to say if we wanted to host sixty people for a big training. Yeah, no big deal. Someone's coming out of town that you know, we all want to hear from and respect. Uh, I used to be this huge question of like where are we going to do it? Yep. Who's going to host it? does a church agree with this person? I'm like, uh, you know, it's like, it, it, that. that's a really frustrating dance and we've done it many times, but I, I, I just want this. I believe in you. I want to yeah. receive from you come to my house and yeah. you know, do an event. Like I, let's do this right here where my kids are here. So it's integrated. So that, that that's probably the other thing I love is just, just watching people train and equip in this room.
1: Yeah. I, I might be wrong about this. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong and I'll cut it out, but I, as we walked through the the kitchen, I just remembered that there's a there's a waist high refrigerator over there, and is it the case that if
0: you're a guest here, you can have whatever's in that refrigerator? Yeah, that's exactly what we wanted for it's like a host because it's it's got a um, a window, right? And that's that's another clear one front door one of those steps in, in relationship that is difficult is like people Uh-oh. opening your fridge, and so it's really nice to have a the fridge, yeah, for the drinks.
1: We do something similar. <laughs> hey,
0: Benjamin, can you watch for a second? am up an interview. Can you watch Paloma for a second yeah. out
1: here? Uh, similarly, similarly, in my house, we have a, uh, a just a cart that's full of snacks, and when people walk in, we go, "That's yours. So don't you don't have to ask. It's yours." Yes. Um, Let me just ask this question. As I'm looking in this room, here's what I see. There are throw pillows wherever. There are disheveled books. There are crafts that are in half stages of use. There's several pairs of shoes um, littered around. How does April specifically feel about people coming in the house and it not looking perfect?
0: Yeah. She's comfortable with it. I, I think we, we like to blitz right before. And the kids, we just say, Hey, you know, pick up the the living room or whatever. Um, but, but yeah, this is our life and we want life to happen in this room. We want this to be the center. So we don't want there to be sort of a showcase room in the house. That's, yeah. that's just like, needs to be perfect all the time. Cause that would really cause us to hesitate to host. And we've gotten over a lot of this because we host so many things like four or five nights a week, we've got things going on. So, um, so it's being used, and I'm always asking people as well, like, "Hey, do you need space?" Like the young lifers just came out and and did an event with 60 people here um, last week. So yeah, right. th- this is part of what we're trying to figure out: is just use the space. This is not ours. This is like this is the kingdom, kingdom space. space. Yeah. So so um, yeah. So we can't get too precious about all the you know like little little things that are that are out of place. But it also is important that um, that our kids. Uh, do pick up, you know, before an event for, th- for the sake of helping people feel comfortable so they don't ever feel like they're in a dirty space. So that's kind of like a line I, I don't like to cross. Yeah. Um but yes. but yeah, disheveled a little bit, yes. lived in a little bit, that's all great. Yes.
1: Okay, let's look at two more spaces. Cool. One, let's look at one of your um grandparent spaces that you made. Okay. And then we'll see the big showcase here out <laughs> out back. Okay. Um are, are either of these uh, vacant? right now we can go to this one okay yeah now when you when you did this addition, where you put in the new kitchen you'd put in this huge new living room um now we're standing at the side of that room and there's stairs that go up and down tell we're not going to go there but tell me what's at the bottom of those stairs and
0: why that's a basement it's a finished basement that's our child care area when we do events okay so it's designed for that it's also um sydney's dance studio so she loves to dance she like teaches things um down there all the time well now we have to see it (laughs) it's it's uh she teaches dance yeah well so she's ordering the the mirrors but it's in the process of being transitioned but she does it now and does
1: she charge no
0: hey Sid, we're down here
1: So there's a, if in the finished basement, there's a big, there's just a big open space. Is this going to be the the dance studio? This will
0: be all mirrors. And then, and then we're going to put like some kind of flooring down over the carpet. Yeah. For now. So that she can have that space for. for And then who lives
1: down here? Sydney
0: right now. Okay. Yeah.
1: And, and Sydney's how old? 17. 17. And you had, you had one living down here who's now moved out. Is that true?
0: Yeah, Clayton, um, so so there are four living spaces in the house. There's the guy side, there's the girl side of the duplex. So right now there's four guys in the guy side, Clayton, Benjamin, two, two of my nephews, Jackson, my son, and then Al Hussein, who's a Muslim uh, student at UC. So they're living on that side of, of the house. And then the girl side is this side. So um, my four daughters, I mean, Kelsey is in the process of moving to Chicago, and then we're also looking for another student to live with them.
1: Okay. And where's your bedroom?
0: Right now we were in the attic. We just moved up to April's mom's um, space because she decided she she, she bought a four bedroom house. Um, so she's kind of transitioning into like a she wants to do like a whole season of hospitality. Okay. So that that made a lot of sense. But we decided in the you meantime, mean time, no? we're gonna like okay. We're gonna we're gonna recreate our first year of marriage by living in an apartment. I have
1: a little apartment. <laughs> now when you built this place, it was for mother in law.
0: Right. Is that right. right? Yeah, so we told both, you know, our parents that we wanted to create spaces where at any point that they didn't need to feel any pressure, but they could they could live in. And when they're not living there, we'll just, you know, rent them out to friends or figure out, you know, with, within our family who who could use that space but we wanted it to be available because oftentimes what happens is you suddenly need it like oh my gosh you know dad just had a stroke yes you know or something happened to one of your parents and then the year to two long process of trying to create a, a space for them starts and we just we went through that and saw that a lot with uh, people that are a little old, older than us and so we decided let's go ahead and kind of start to build those things out now so it's been April's mom. She said like this was where she rehabilitated after her, her husband died. Wow. So she got to spend a couple of years just totally integrated with the family, really healing from that. And she's now very energetic, like she's in a very different season that she wasn't expecting. Yeah. And that's where I think the energy is coming from to really launch out into a ministry season.
1: But you could also see 15, 20 years, her coming back here. Totally. Yeah. And we're excited for that. And again, back to your point about vision. You were projecting forward about when our parents really need us. We're going to think in advance about right. that.
0: Yeah, it, it, that that end we wanted. Um, there, we want our kids to be around our parents, you know. So, and this is actually hard for both April's parents and I think my parents to original to, to initially fully embrace is is because they didn't grow up like that. They grew up with parents who said we won't be burdened. Yes, we you know. And and so we it, it was really hard. It's hard to convince parents like you're not yes. a burden. We actually do. We, we literally, want I'm you. serious. I want you with my kids. I want you integrated into our household. Like In you're any welcome stages here. of health, we yeah. want you here. Yeah. And and that, that that's that there's that season of your life needs to be full of purpose, not not kind of like the, the slow decline. Yeah. And that's that's how it was traditionally thought of. Is well, the purpose of that season was to pass on wisdom, was to help that next generation and we've really experienced that in so many ways having both april's mom live here and my parents
1: yeah just to describe um what we did we went through that big living room on the back there was a there was a staircase on the side and now we're up here in this apartment where there's a full bath there's a living room there is a big nice uh bedroom there's a kitchenette in here i call it a kitchenette it's a full-size range and um uh, washing machine but um if we walk out here to the the little there's a little uh balcony on the back we look catty corner across the the backyard space and we see this magnificent thing which i just find fascinating which is it was once a garage and now it's a huge it could be a standalone house but it has a garage underneath it and it is uh it's a little house. It's not an apartment. It's a little house. Yeah. And and this that thing we're looking at is similar to what we're standing at. And how are how how are they same? How are they different? Why'd you build that?
0: Yeah. So this this again maximizing that space. I, I always thought we had maybe a little mother-in-law apartment above a garage. Mm-hmm. But when my parents sold their like four or five thousand square foot house and agreed to move in with us. And they took the equity from that. I'm like, well, what, what do you guys want? Let's get together as an architect. And, and this is what, you know, we both, we worked as a team to kind of like with the architect, create something. Um, and I love what they created. It's four levels. So there's a basement, this level, um, the, the first floor, which has my dad's den and then a, a, ba- a bedroom, our bathroom. And then the main, the sort of second floor, which is their bedroom, a really nice kitchen and living room. And then above that, there's a large loft that could sleep eight grandkids at once. Amazing. So, so they, they can host grandkids as much as they want. And they do all the time sleepovers, <laughs> papa, you know, flapjacks in the morning, you know, right, right, right below the, the, lo- the loft is, is where my dad makes breakfast. And so, yeah, so they get to have that experience of just, because um, that's the problem when you downsize as a grandparent is you feel like, well, am I going to lose that, you know, that space? even april's mom i think that's one of the reasons why she wanted a bigger house but my parents really have all of the those elements in this in this compact space that they they and they
1: live three steps from you yep because yeah. they live in the footprint of your old garage okay yep. amazing all right let's go downstairs and look at one last space i know we're really out of time Aren't you glad that Jeremy Pryor is such an odd bird and that he thinks through things that most people never think about? I am. Um, So we're going back through the giant new living room to the back, back, back of the house. And I'll tell you what I'm looking at, which this is all very new to me. Um, We're standing on like a big Trex deck. The side of it is where your zip line is for your child space. There's something here that this, it looks like a hot tub, but I can see that it's so big. It must be like one of those swimming pools where you like can swim with the current going against you. It's both actually. Okay. It's both. Yeah. So there's a hot tub and the deal where you're swimming against the current. Then... He just opened the lid. He's trying to show off. He, he, he's, I don't know. It's his way of bragging is to take the lid off of this cool thing. By the way, I need to know the next time you're out of town. Tra- everyone's traveling and then I'll come house sit for you. It, yeah. Because the other thing that I'm looking at is, um, I, I have not played with you, Jeremy, yet, but we've texted a little bit about it. My freaking fetish right now. <laughs> Is pickleball. And what I'm looking at is this man that I'm talking to right now, he built a pickleball court in his backyard. There is a basketball goal uh, on the side, which I know that he loves Jesus because there's both a basketball half court and there's a pickleball court. Beside that, there's like another dining room table. There's another outdoor living room sectional. And this seems like with this little cool thing and you're going to have your little zip line outdoor space and this 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 like fun time central every 18 year old's dream talk to me about this
0: space yeah well this has been you know a lot of that kind of perimeter walking i described just like praying over a space so behind our garage used to be just like or all the weeds we just threw all the junk you know all the leftover wood and you know just full of weeds and And I don't know when it was, but I I think it was something maybe, you know, eight years ago. I I just saw a pickleball court in that section. I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, I think you could fit one back here. And so I I measured and you actually couldn't fit one. It it was too narrow. And it it slopes down behind your house. It it was impossible. So when when my parents, we went to the architect to, to tear down our garage and rebuild their place. Um, I knew the exact dimensions of what it would take to put a pickleball court in the back. So I told the architect, I'm like, hey, could we just move that like eight feet? Up? Are you serious? Yeah. And so we worked out a scenario. And so this was just, you know, nothing land after we built this. But I knew now we have the space. that we ever wanted to do anything as crazy as put a pickleball court in the backyard, here it is. Now, as a kid, and this is, you know, for me, my childhood like the perfect summer day for me was really simple because i grew up in seattle and that's where pickleball started yeah i had friends that with courts in their backyard you know why it's
1: named name pickleball
0: i do why the the dog of the guy who invented it was named pickles <laughs> <That's> yeah <right>. <laughs> <laughs> nothing that you think yeah it's, it's kind of a bad name but anyway it it works so um so that to me a perfect summer day was you play pickleball then you jump in the lake you go back and forth like you cool off you you know that's yep and so I'm like could you ever create that in the backyard and we definitely didn't have space for a pool back here yep. and a pigwalk court it's a very small backyard um you know in terms of like a larger house and um but yeah it just barely fits everything so it's like my landscaper was just joking he's like I've never seen every square inch used in a, in a person's yard and you're like yes <laughs> that was the vision. vision that was it um that's yeah. amazing so it but we are out here all the time and like, talk about, like, a way to assault the screen time culture. And it, this is a big deal. I mean, yes, it's like, it is. what are you going to do? You should have a strategy. Like, you need to have you need to have things to do. And, you know, you could have card games or, like, we, we did all of that stuff, board yep. games. Like, but think about that. And so part, part of it for me, too, was even, so my dad, you know, he's in his mid-70s. And, you know, pickleball is, is uh, you can play it into your 80s. It's, yep. it's a really, it's, it's not as hard on your body as, like, tennis. So, yeah. Um, so part of it is just, I want to, I want to keep everyone in shape, you know, as late, as long as we can. Um, and I, none of us are great at cardio. We're all just total (laughs) swabs when it comes to running. Um, and so I'm like, ah, like we're gonna, we're all going to get heart attacks. So So you
1: could fool your dad into this is a way to spend time with your grandkids, (laughs) but secretly you're keeping them alive.
0: Exactly. That's, that's my, that's my evil plan. I love it. My dad alive. I love
1: it. Um, so this was quite an undertaking I'm sure how, how long did this t- thing take to, to uh, install the court
0: yeah, all of this the deck the court uh,
1: has this been here a while and no, I didn't no, know about
0: is, it? okay th- yeah it was so fun there was a crane it was crazy oh I mean, my word this but um, this is all new I mean this that we just so we, we did we did the ac- excavation and a concrete pour um, last fall And then, so this everything, uh, the the paint and the patio and the deck and the pool all happened um, this spring. And
1: you can can you, I see here you could put a a volleyball net up here.
0: Yeah, it literally takes about about twenty seconds to turn that from a pickleball court into a volleyball court or badminton uh, court. Amazing. Yeah, it's a sports court. That's kind of what they call them. So they're they're such a great design. I'm a huge fan of this. And there's a guy in Cincinnati who's amazing who did our, our our stuff for us, but because yeah it's like those are my favorite sports like yeah. you just listed them. basketball pickleball basketball, volleyball that's it Yeah. like you can do it all in one place in your backyard yes like, so like this is cheaper than a pool like an in-ground pool yeah like, let's do it so um
1: you wrote in family revision about your decision about tennis yeah but pickleball the bar is even lower it to is. people getting in yeah And it's a quicker game and you're close you can talk while you're playing it's just a great it's the fastest
0: growing sport in america right now yeah there's a place in florida that has 160 courts in one area and they're like a three-day waiting period i mean it is so fun because unlike tennis which you feel like an idiot for the first year you're playing tennis you feel like a god the first 20 seconds of pickleball because the ball moves so slow yeah and you do things all the time You're like how did i do that like it's so good on the ego it's so good on the body uh-huh. I-, I couldn't say enough about this sport get into it if you're super sporty and you're, you you want to like do something really complex then maybe maybe pickleball is not but if you want like an everyman sport yeah with your kids and yeah. everyone to, to enjoy it and so we, we host a lot of we do a lot of stuff out here of like pickleball nights um fantastic where like we use that fire pit you know have like you know wine and cheese or fondue or whatever and then just have different people coming yeah and, just streaming yeah on the my friend dave valentine who lives a couple doors down he does like clinics yeah you know how to play and it's yep. it's played like, with him
1: last night did you really yes i did oh my gosh
0: did you beat him um, he's good
1: oh yeah, we we probably split we really split. Yeah, yeah oh yeah. good job yeah he, he's wow. good yeah so the only thing i miss here is where's the grill
0: well we cook on that that's actually on that yeah so and then I can show you my um my grill setup is on the side of the kitchen
1: oh I see okay so there's another there's a there's a side porch here we go back through the big living space back through the renovated kitchen and on the side we get to the grill here we are okay you got two great well i'm so grateful for you jeremy and i'm so thankful that you have been willing to take risks about everything from your doctrine <laughs> to your uh discipling relationships what's up to uh, the way that you've you've laid out your house and so thanks for yeah, your time
0: yeah i want to encourage guys like it, this is i mean i, I realize like there's a huge question people always have of course about the money side of this stuff yes i really think that it's really important to cast that vision and give yourself decades um, of slow movement and let the lord like help bring resources around your vision yes uh, in that you don't push it too hard don't go nuts into debt like you know don't lurch ahead of the lord And i feel like i've done this is all experience so. <laughs> um but but i definitely feel like God loves to see us build these things um, of course for his kingdom and so and and as long as that's your heart you want to steward those resources um, it really does matter and it can really bless the kingdom and we need more families to facilitate kingdom experiences in and through the home that's my ultimate hope and and that could be done in small ways you know medium-sized ways and then there's kind of like larger and larger expressions of that I mean I've you know we both have friends who own acres and yep. you know have built things that are much larger than this yes um for the kingdom and so it's just th- whatever that looks like in your family and you know as your as your generations are are also increasing as more income is maybe pooled together so that you can pull off bigger and bigger resourcing um that's the kind of stuff that i love to see
1: awesome thank you so much jeremy we'll yeah. see you on the pickleball court <laughs> all right now i'm back in my car headed home had to pause there for a minute jeremy invited me to uh play a little game of pickleball so of course i had to take him up on that anyways i wanted to make a final point uh, off of what uh jeremy just said there at the end and that is um that i really believe it gives the father pleasure for his sons to strike out. I don't mean three strikes and you're out. I mean to boldly take a stab at something. And there can be no question that he wants you to take a bold stab at leading your family. I mean, and I mean leading it. I mean, ruling it. I mean saying, this is what we're about. We're going to do this really leading, practicing at being a patriarch. And the same goes for your property. So, we talked on this podcast about um, maintaining your property. And I really believe that's one of the skills of of rulership. Can you imagine uh, owning uh, miles and miles of acreage as a king and never tending to the perimeters of your property, never turning them over to see if uh i don't know ferocious animals live there or if blight has set in on your property any good ruler would be looking over his property and i strongly encourage you all to take and receive and believe in the ownership and and, and i don't ownership doesn't just mean a, a deed it means responsibility the ownership over your home so really basic things how, how long do um, burned out light bulbs uh, sit in your house how long do you say there's a squeaky door and uh, I don't know yeah that should be fixed someday or you let some nagging plumbing issue go on because you have a scarcity poverty mindset and you just won't repair things or get them repaired um, I, I think that Jeremy's model is an excellent one To actually walk the perimeter of your home With the Holy Spirit Have a conversation with God As you're walking your property Down into the depths of the basement Whatever If you live on five acres Walk the five acres Walk the perimeter and ask the Lord what, How could this property possibly be used for you? So here's a little verse for you. All of creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God, the huas of God, if you remember that episode, the huas of God to be revealed. And here's a little uh, hint for you. How do you think the huas, the mature sons who are able to rule, how do you expect that they will be revealed? if all of creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed, how do you think they'll be revealed? Um, I know that we have to learn submission to the Lord's rule. We have to learn kindness. We have to learn how to be followers before we can be leaders. But I'm going to go on a limb and say the ruling sons of God won't be revealed by their submission, their kindness, their gentleness, and their deferential attitude. My guess is that the quias, mature, ruling sons of God will be revealed by them ruling. By them ruling. And I don't mean you need to rule everybody at work, I don't mean you need to rule everybody on your street. Sorry, I'm on the highway and my engine's going to get louder. I'll try to finish here soon. It's going to be revealed by you ruling that which is at hand for you. So you're starting with you rule your own schedule. You rule your own body, and you make decisions about what what we're going to eat and when we're going to sleep, and the things that we will and won't look at. Uh, Job thirty-one verse one says, "I made a covenant with my eyes." That I would not look lustfully at a girl. There's something to rule over. If you have ambitions, you think God made me to be a CEO someday. I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to lead a church. I'm supposed to lead a company. Great. Let's start with your eyeballs. Let's start with my uh, my old friend uh, Vodi Bachum says he always used to say. Um, if you want a, a, a life where you're ruling things in the kingdom, let's start with your uh, making your bed every morning. I know that Jordan Peterson has also said that in recent days, but I heard it in the 80s from Vodi Bacham. He said, uh, you got to rule your eyes and why don't you start with making your bed every day. So I say all that to say um, you, you should learn how to rule your property and go, God, what have you made this space for? How can I be a good ruler of it? And then how can I have vision for what you're going to do in my family on my property? So I bless you all as you dream about these things. Bless you. See you next time.